anxiety is, is a part of being alive. Every creature has, if we can, if we can define anxiety and, and really normalize it, everything needs to have some. Hi everyone, I'm Annika and this is the Tried and Truth Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Tried and Truth Podcast. We are talking all about anxiety and fears today with licensed professional counselor, Bessie Ann Christensen. You're going to be so encouraged just by her practical just tips, knowing that you're not alone. Anxiety is just part of who you are, who I am, who we are. And she's sharing some really simple tools for you to have at your fingertips. I know you're really going to enjoy this conversation and want to share it with a friend as well. So take a listen. All right, Bessie Ann, thank you for joining us on the podcast. So excited that you're here and we are having a really fun conversation today and couldn't be happier to have you here. So thanks for being here. Thank you. I really am so honored and excited to be here. I think that whenever there's an opportunity to communicate, um, I just take it. I love this. Thank you for offering this and having me here. I look forward to it. Ah, we're so excited. I before we even talk about you, I think it's just fun to start a podcast by saying that there are so many incredible connections and relationships all around you at your fingertips. And so even just sharing that I met you at a kid's soccer practice, (laughs) just sitting side by side, I was working on a little study I was doing and you were taking care of something. And then we just started working up a conversation. And I, I think that so often people are looking for connections and relationships and friendships. And, uh, I just, I think that there's so many at our fingertips and around us. Sometimes if we just take that time to spark up a conversation with people around us. And I I love that that is how we met and how we connected at first. And I'm just excited to have you back. So tell us a little bit about you. Tell us about your story. And we will just unpack so many more hot topics that I'm excited to talk about. Well, thank you. Yes. If you weren't going to mention that, I definitely was going to mention that's how we met. Um, So obviously I'm a mom, I'm a wife, and I'm a licensed professional counselor. I've been um, I'm here in the Fort Worth, Texas area. I've been in practice for over 16 years, but only since 2016 did I open up my private practice. And it grew from me just wanting to, I'm just going to do this all by myself to now it's four therapists and two offices and two different, have one in Fort Worth and in another city. And, um, and I have other, another uh, associate coming on within the next couple of months. So it's very exciting. When I first started this and was like terrified coming from a nonprofit counseling world and um, to, oh, I think I'm going to open a practice. Another therapist told me, have you ever seen the movie Field of Dreams? Uh, and for those that don't know that movie, it's an old movie um, where this guy ends up building a baseball field in the middle of his cornfield. And he just had this calling to do so. Um, it's not a, a Christian movie or necessarily a spiritual movie, but uh, I think that same thing can prove true when we have a dream and it's terrifying to us. And that colleague and even that movie is right. If you build it, they will come. And that from the moment I committed to opening a private practice, it has thrived. It has grown steadily to where I'm adding more clinicians all the time. And it's been really exciting to see how how I even started to be a counselor. I grew up in a small town and in a Christian home. And when I was 16 years old, really at that point, feeling like, I feel like God's leading me into some sort of 
full-time ministry or Christian service. I went to a church where you went down the aisle and you told the preacher and then the preacher announced it to everyone. (laughs) And that's kind of how that was. And then they all greeted you and said this sort of thing. Well, when that happened, I remember my youth minister coming up to me and saying, oh, Bessie Ann, you're going to make the best pastor's wife. And though that was a great compliment, it struck me at that point, wow, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I want to get married definitely one day, but I felt like this was something like I wanted to do. I felt like this was a personal, Mm. I want to do this. And um, so I went off to college and pursued a degree that would help me be able to help people. I was involved in the college serving, went on mission trips, did all sorts of things. Um, And then when I graduated from college, I ended up going back to that hometown church and actually serving on the staff there as the youth director and as the children's minister. Um, And this is a very traditional um, denomination that typically women don't lead in those kinds of ways, but, uh, you know, serve a lot, but aren't, aren't paid staff. So boy, talk about not maybe fitting into a box of my expectations or other expectations, but really trying to, uh, to follow where the Lord would want me to do. I remember there was a professor in college, like everybody, we just want to do what we want to be. We want to have the perfect job and we want to have the perfect career. And I want to be doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. And he encouraged us in that class. You know, you just continue to be faithful and what it is, is next and put your foot right in front of the other. And he kind of gave us a lineup of all the things that he had done up to the point he was standing in front of us as a professor. And that was just freeing for me as we talked today, you know, just on talking to people about just let's relax and let's be present right now and move forward and get in touch with ourselves. What, what, what am I supposed to do next? And, um, yeah. So taking that pressure off yourself to have it all figured out. Nobody has it figured out. (laughs) Nobody knows what they want to be when they grow up. (laughs) Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. But. I love the way you talked about that. I, I did an interview with uh, a guest who's going to be in the season as well uh, recently. And I love what she talked about. She was kind of, I asked her, what is your take on success? And she said, I think success is just faithfulness. You know, these micro steps. And I was telling my husband last night, like, how cool is it to think that if you can just be faithful right here and all like the culmination of all these tiny events and tiny moments in time add up to just whatever that is, whenever that is however that plays out, but just these tiny acts of just right here, just that, like you said, that next step and what's in front of me and the rest will just, the rest will come, right? I love hearing how people entered into their profession because I think for for so many people, it's not as straightforward as others might see from the outside of, I always knew this is exactly what I wanted to do. It just kind of evolved into that role and just to see how it's flourished and thrived and grown, I think is just, just so fascinating. It was still, you know, it still is so much of what you wanted to do. You just didn't know where to, where to plug that. And I hear you plugged it in and that light is shining bright. And I think that that's just really exciting. Yes. Well, thank you. And I think that's where, when I was working at that church as a 21, 22 year old, people were coming into my office there as I was trying to plan youth and children's activities, adults that had taught me in Sunday school my life is falling apart. What do I do? How do I fix this? <laughs> and I, I knew scripture. I knew that. I mean, but I, I, I didn't, I mean, I don't know. I didn't know how to get people from point A to B, which sure. I wanted to help with, 
which led me to pursue this counseling. And I just love it. I, I really love it. Getting to help people enter into space where um, they're asking, hey, help. I don't know how. I don't even know what's wrong, but help me. And that is, that is what I love most, I think, about working um, in this work is getting to have authentic conversations with people. And sure. that, that just is life-giving to me. Even though counseling isn't about the counselor, the counselor, that is life giving. That's why I keep doing this work. Yeah. So interesting you say that. I was listening to something this morning and they were just talking about how we're all hungry just for a deep, authentic conversation. And I think for a lot of people, that happens in the counseling space. <laughs> that mm-hmm. happens when we just open up and we feel free just to share, or people have asked us questions that others haven't, but just because I think. For a lot of us, it's like you don't necessarily think about asking others those questions. And so when you get asked it, it's like this whole part of you just comes alive and feels released. And um, yeah, I, I, I know one of the areas that you guys specifically focus on, which is what sparked a big conversation for us is anxiety. Um, and I think what's so interesting about anxiety, and I don't know if I ever shared this with you, but I used to be part of this group. And I remember there was one day where everyone kind of like the very beginning of the pandemic and someone had sent a message out of like, what do people, what's happening with everybody update? You know, how are people feeling? Anything you would like prayer for? And everybody said all the things. And then I just said like, I am really down, (laughs) really down. I'm really discouraged and I am very anxious. And, and I, you know, I kind of just share, like I've, I've struggled a lot with anxiety in the course of my life, but it it kind of goes and comes in different ways. And I think it just kind of depends on where you are with just life, you know, maturity in life and seasonality of life and a lot of other factors that I think can feed it or fuel it or kind of subdue it a little bit. And I just felt like I am a, a total train wreck. And I remember what was so interesting was everybody had group responded to this group for everybody else's stuff. And as soon as I put that out there, I got I think it was either six or seven separate texts from these six or seven groups of, you know, wow. these women who said, Oh my goodness, me too. Oh my gosh, here's something I've listened to recently. Here's the person I'm seeing. Here, you know, it was all these things, but nobody could say it in that group. And this is a group of people, you know, we've done life together for five years at that point. And I was just so taken aback that I, I think you know, normalizing it and helping people feel like it's safe to talk about. I don't know if it's that they're worried about feeling like they don't have it all together or what's on the outside isn't really what's on the inside. But I would love for us just to talk a little bit about your experience working with, uh, especially just women who struggle with anxiety and just kind of like, let's just like unpack that a little bit. Let's just talk about the cycle of anxiety, why anxiety, why we hide anxiety, or maybe we don't want to confront anxiety, fears behind it, all that good stuff. Oh, Annika, this is my favorite. (laughs) I am so glad you've asked me this question. You know, anxiety is, is a part of being alive. Every creature has, if we can, if we can define anxiety and, and really normalize it, everything needs to have some. And if we define it as as a fear response, as a fight, flight, freeze response. And when I, when I say that, if you think about a, um, a lizard or you think about just a, a creature, if you like, let's say you had a little, a little cage with a little lizard in there and it just kind of like, you know, moves rapidly. It kind of, it doesn't really, it's not thinking logically. It's simply instinctual. We look at anxiety through 
like physiologically, like our bodies hold this and it is a God-given response to danger. We need this. I think we need to be careful as a society not to label anxiety as a bad or a good thing. It is a condition that we experience to protect us from danger, to keep us safe. I think as we deal with it in our life and daily, sometimes, you know, stress can produce anxiety and some stress, of course, is very good. It helps us be productive. It helps us articulate. It helps us to do these things. Um, But where it becomes really dangerous is when we are perceiving danger, when we are anxious and we're totally safe. Or nowadays we live in a culture where you hear what's happening overseas or you hear what happened in the city over there. Years ago, we wouldn't have known those things. So, and the media sure wants us to click on their story. So they sensationalize these things. They that's how they make money. So we're reading all of these things and we're thinking all these things. And you know, the world is so awful and bad. And like our eyes and the way that we're made, God wired us to respond to keep ourselves safe ultimately. And so we're more prone to look at the dangers rather than look at at the things that we can rest in and be calm about. Mm. Um, and so when I'm talking with people, as, you know, it, it, I like to really teach the two pathways of anxiety. So all information comes in through our eyes and it comes in through our ears. And we take that in and our brain sorts it out. And then we know how to respond or how to speak or what to do. Um, So we have our, I call it the prefrontal cortex, or I guess it's called the prefrontal cortex, the thinking part of our brain, the logical part of our brain. And then we have the amygdala back here in the back that is our our animal, like our reptilian brain. She's going to, and I call her cave woman. She is responding to protect us. No logic, no rationale. She is going to protect us. So if I perceive this pen right here in front of me as dangerous, like I'm convinced Something, I got poked by a pen years ago, and I've never come back to the conclusion the pen is safe. Cave woman, amygdala back here, is going to pr- try to protect me by making me feel anxious, <gasps> danger, when I see this pen. Okay, it's only until I've decided, oh, I'm actually safe. Because anxiety, what it does is it does, like let's say there's a dog, okay? And it's not looking like a very nice dog. We need to answer the question. Anxiety needs us to answer the question. Is this dangerous? Is this dog dangerous? Okay. If we answer the question, yes, this dog is dangerous, then I can either fight it. I can run away from it or I can freeze until the dog goes away and I'm safe. And then when I do one of those actions and I come back down, then the antidote, I calm back down. We're wired to have an anxious response or a keep me safe response, but there there is an antidote, the calming, the rest and digest response. And I think sometimes we get stuck in this response, this this response when there's really not any immediate danger, but we can't figure out how to calm ourselves down. And I think a lot of times it's because we don't ever answer the question, is this dangerous? Am I in danger? That question, just that simple question, am I in danger to just to get that, get over the hump, <laughs> get over the hump and digest that and dissect that and mm-hmm. move forward. I think like you said, it's a debilitating place where it, then it creates even more anxiety because now you feel overwhelmed that you can't get over the hump. Uh-huh. And I think, and I think a lot of times where we get stuck there is 
So let's say you can say, no, the dog isn't dangerous. No, I'm just nervous because last time I got nipped by my neighbor's dog, but this dog actually is safe. Like, no, I'm safe. Okay. Then we can start the rest and digest the calming stage rather than the, your body is, is coming up to fight this. <sighs> Come down. Other times we may be in danger. There may be danger. Yes. Yes, there is danger, but there's nothing that I can do about it. You know, the cancer diagnosis, the, the upcoming trial that I have to go through that, that could mean harm for me. That could be dangerous. Um, that's when we have to use acceptance and willingness skills. And I can go more into that here in a little bit. But I think when we really get caught and where I see most clients for is we get trapped in this. Is this dangerous? We don't ever answer the question. And it's just kind of an, I don't know. We just stuff it or we shove it or we, oh, don't think about it. Cause that's what we were taught, right? Oh, just don't think about it. Don't just, just move on, get over it, get over it. Um, have more faith, pray harder. Uh, and, and we don't ever really, we kind of avoid it for different reasons. That, that is the, the reason most of the time I see people without what I would call kind of stuck in this perpetual anxiety cycle that we're kind of playing its game and we don't realize we're doing that. So interesting. You say, I'm just thinking about, you know, we, you say like we ignore it. I think just in my own experience, kind of when you can push it aside for a second and say, I'm just going to try to pretend it doesn't exist. You don't realize how that is. It's sitting, it's almost like sitting there in your brain and everything's getting filtered through it. So the way I react to my kids or the way that I talk to my husband or the things that I will say yes or no to are filtered through this lens of, I still don't know if I feel safe. I still don't know. <laughs> you know, there's still this anxiousness that is feeding or this lens of anxiousness that is, you know, creating this barrier between me having the ability to make decisions that are completely irrelevant <laughs> to whatever, you know, I, the other fear that I might have, but I, I get so like stuck or suffocated in that where I can see how a lot of people feel this. I'm trying to pretend it doesn't exist. I'm trying not to answer that question, which I've never heard it put that way. I love that. And so therefore, you know, they, we don't realize the implications that trying to ignore it, something that's not going to be ignored because our body's still saying, what do you need me to do with this? What do you need me to do with this? I'm still here. I'm still here. I said, just, just stay there. Just stay there. You know, it's like, it it hangs out while we're trying to go about our daily life, but it's still there. Yes. Still there. We haven't answered the question to tell it what to do. Yes. And because you haven't answered the question and cave woman, she's not logical back here. This fight, flight, freeze, this emotional response center of your brain. She doesn't know. And until we logically tell her, this is not, you're not dangerous. I'm safe. Can she let it start to let it go and start to, okay, I can be around that dog or, oh, this pen isn't going to stab me. It's just a pen. It's just a pen. I can, I can, you know, and I think that's one of the important things is I think it's important that we know, oh, there's simple things that we can do to notice ourselves notice i am really anxious i'm really snappy what is going on here am i in danger answering that and then taking a step back for a little bit and um and being able to maybe what i call brain dump like you know what just give me 5 minutes it could be going to the bathroom uh, and just what is on my mind what do i fear okay there it is i'm not ignoring you but there's nothing in this moment i can do about this um and, and being able to move forward. You've kind of got your pen in the air there. So like journaling out, is that kind of what you're saying? Like just journaling out, thinking through 
whether that's a true brain dump on paper or just brain dump kind of a, in your own mind mentally of just processing a lot of those things. I, I encourage people when you're kind of anxious and you don't know why um, you're just, maybe you've shoved things down, write it down, get it from bouncing from one side to the next because it's there and it's needing to be addressed. And it may be things that we're avoiding for good reason. It may be so deep. It may be so hurtful. We're worried not just about, you know, well, do my shoes match my outfit? I mean, of course, but it's <laughs> a real fear, a real fear, a real danger. It doesn't mean death, but it's a fear that it could mean death to a relationship. It's a fear. It could mean death to a loss of some other sort. And so um, if we can get it down in black and white ink and just start to acknowledge that it's there and I'm not avoiding you anymore, rather than getting on social media or tech, you know, watching another Netflix movie, writing some of these things down and then creating space and time. I, I tell people, I want you to schedule time and make worry productive because it can be so productive instead of worrying all day or having anxious thoughts all day that sometimes we feel like by worrying about things or thinking about them a lot, that it's actually really productive because it feels productive. We're working so hard, but if we never put pen to paper and start to get it out there or face it, it just causes this stagnation and and our world gets smaller and smaller because we really become afraid, which the anxiety response was never to make us afraid of things that weren't dangerous. It's to make us afraid, afraid of things like, a mean dog or falling off a cliff, um, which we need. So we've just taken it out of, of context. And mm-hmm. I love just this idea of, it's almost like taking those thoughts just captive, right? Like, mm-hmm. like let's, let's deal with those thoughts. I think if not, like you said, I think we turn to whatever that is for people, social media, another YouTube video, that whole like idea that you look for evidence to what you believe is true. So all of a sudden it's like, you want to feed that anxiety. And now you've got this massive blown out out of proportion thing telling you danger 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 when it's not actually danger by any means but it creates this just total almost like mentally debilitating state yes sometimes what i'll tell clients to do is okay so i want you just to do i'm all about the black and white getting things out on paper but like let's let's pretend this is this piece of paper here is a, is a paper plate. And I just want you to write down all of the responsibilities that you have going on this week. I mean, from oil change, grocery shopping, assignment, and, and things that are on your plate to deal with. It may be caring for your parent, caring for your children, just everything. And I get them to kind of dump that down um, and, and just see what's on just the stressors that are there. And then in line with what you said, out of all those things, like what are your core values? What is important to you? Like kindness, like quality time, um, being a good steward, uh, being honest. And if we look at that plate, that's overwhelming us. And then we look at what our values are. Sometimes even what's on our plate and the values that we have, they're so in contrast because we're not able to, to live according to who we want to be because mm. our plate is full of gr- maybe good things, but we're not even being the person that we want to be over here. Kind of start to challenge people. Maybe that's a point of our anxiety too. Like, are, are you be, who are you and, and who are you being at your core? This isn't a future forecast. 
This is a here and now, bringing people back into the here and now. And we're trapped in that. I'm just anxious. I'm snappy because that's what it does. We're, you know, when you, if you're going to have to run from a dog or fight a dog, you're, you're not really get, Hey, move, 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 move. We're, we're ready to, you know, do this. And we kind of have to go, Oh, Oh, I'm dysregulated here there. I don't have to be in danger, but I'm yelling at my kid. This is not me. I am not living according to my value. I've got to calm down. And the way we start to calm cave woman down because we can is it's, there's a few very simple tools that we can do to do this there. Um, so because our amygdala is back here in our, in our brain, there's this nerve called the vagus nerve that comes up and we found uh, that even deep breathing or drinking cold water can trigger, can trigger that nerve, the sensation of the cold water or the deep breathing back there can trigger it to push a little bit on the back of our, on our brain, our amygdala back there and say, Hey, chill, this is rest and digest. This is not fight, flight, freeze time. So we can use simple skills like that to just know that I feel like things are out of control. I'm overly frustrated. I, I'm going to Google for all my answers, but just take that moment to say, whoa, I can't even think, think straight, but I could remember I can, I can calm cave woman down so that I can start to think so that I can start to take those thoughts captive. Because when we're in that state, we can't even, we're not even thinking logically. We're not behaving in ways that we want, that we're proud of, or that we want to say that we behave. So for sure. And do you find differences with those who are maybe experiencing anxiety for the first time or those who have just had chronic anxiety over a long period of their life? I mean, is there different things that help those individuals in different ways or is it still pretty similar? You know, I think it, I think it can be similar, especially if um, I think especially if someone has just felt like they are this weak person because they are anxious or they're dealing with anxiety. They've almost felt like they shouldn't feel that way, that anxiety is a bad thing, that they have an emotional weakness teaching them. It is a it is a response that our bodies have and that you have power over that. And then with those who've never experienced anxiety before. And it's like a very new thing, or maybe they've had a panic attack, like, well, your body's working great. And, and letting them know it's, it's, it can be a great thing. We need this. Let's not make anxiety the enemy. Um, but let's look at it and, and realize that sometimes it may be keeping you and limiting, limiting you, making your world smaller. It may be that you are avoiding things that otherwise, if it weren't there, if you didn't think they were dangerous, if you could say, no, it's just hard, but I can do it. So it can be very limiting for us. And um, I think that that's important to, I don't know, you asked me that question. I think it can be very similar. Really, everybody's, everybody's an individual. So I think just where I, I always try to locate where someone is in their experience, because messages can be there. Like I'm, I'm anxious that I'm anxious, you know, <laughs> too. that's what I always tell my husband. I, I'm giving myself more anxiety because it, <laughs> just like, I'm just adding fuel to my fire. It's like, I'm yes. an, an, anxious about the anxiety that is triggering in my mind. <laughs> and I can't, yes. But now I have to, I, I know that there's a woman back there. I just got to give her a little tap back there. <laughs> Yes. Just wake um, her up a little bit. I, I love that you shared that tip. It's just so simple and practical. And I think when people can visualize or name it, I love that you, you know, name her cave woman. I've heard like a lot of people use those, like name the emotion or name the thought or name that part or like whatever it is to be able to 
make it palatable and understandable and relatable and just make it simple, like simplify things that feel overwhelming and complex and, and just kind of, yeah, that I love that. That's super helpful. Um, I want to kind of tie this over into just this idea of, um, maybe it's just whether that's feeling like you're disengaged. Cause I think you kind of said, I think things that we may have naturally wanted to do or not doing because we're a little bit anxious, but I do think, I know that a lot of the work that you all do is around just helping like re-engage yourself in, in your work, in your life, in your marriage and your family and your parenting, whatever that might be. Um, and not necessarily so much burnout, but just feeling this really big barrier of disengagement. What do you, what have you found to be really helpful when somebody says, I just feel, cause I've heard this so much lately. I think just summer, it's hard for a lot of people, right? There's just not a lot of structure. There's not a lot of routine. You're out of rhythm, out of sync. And so for anyone who's listening, who just, I just feel disconnected a little bit from my spouse, or I just feel a little bit disengaged in my work. What, what have you found to be helpful? Just a good place to start to just unpack so that we can actually move forward and get past this just stuck feeling. Mm, I think that's a, so important. I mean, my, the name of my business is Rehope. It's underneath it. I have like revive, regain, renew, relive, like re, re coming into those passions that perhaps we, we have, um, Either, either sort of burned out on, or it's lost its um, luster, or we, we've just there. Other things have come in there, and I think ultimately we have to offer ourselves self compassion and grace. Um, it, we're wanting, you know, extending that to other people, but I really like the plate exercise that I talked about earlier. Like, what is on our plate? I use an example a lot of times in therapy, um, and say, okay, you know, we've got we've got pillows, we've got feather pillows, we've got um, cotton pillows. I want you to imagine on this table in front of us, in between us here, that there is a foam pillow. And I'm going to come over here and I go to my bookshelf and I pull off, I have some thick books from grad school and just thick books. And I start piling them on and let's pretend you and I are both like, you're this pillow and another pillow is me. And there, there's these foam. And I'm going to keep putting these books on top of that pillow. And I mean, I, I make the stack probably five or six deep and say, okay, um, let's pretend we're talking today. All of these books are a stressor. Doesn't mean they're bad, but it just means they're on your plate. Maybe they are a relationship and a good one, but one that you have to be intentional about. And, and, and we go and put this over in the corner. I have other clients that come in. They're not going to see this. And I want you to come back next week. I'm going to take all those off and we're going to look at what the pillow looks like. And client uses as well. It'll be a little bit indented. I said, yeah. Okay. A little bit indented. Then I'm going to put the books back down, put the books back in the, sh- uh, back on in the corner over here. And then I, w- I don't want to see you for six months to a year. You come back and we're going to pull that out. And I'm going to take these books off unchanged. Nothing has moved about these stressors, these books on top. What does the pillow look like the foam pillow and they always say oh my goodness it's like totally depressed like it's it's totally down and it's not going to pop back very easy and I'm like, absolutely that's right so if we look at those books as anxieties or stressors or just things responsibilities that we have and some of them though while they may be good they're not really in line with our values or they're not really like we really could ask for help there like someone could help us, a friend, our husbands, our children could be doing more chores, whatever that it is, we could hire something to be done. We, we need to do that because 
sometimes there's just too much on us and it does end up, you know, with anxiety, it, it can lead to depression if we don't notice it and keep a, a good count on that. So talking about, to answer your question, I hope this, I'm getting to this point. How do we start to re-engage? How do we start to re, I think we take a good assessment of ourselves. Like is, is what I say I like to do what I'm actually doing? And are there barriers? Are, are there things that I'm afraid of that I need to face that I need to really get in black and white and write down, maybe talk to somebody about, maybe have that conversation with my spouse that I'm just really scared about rejection or I'm scared about starting that business um, because we just limit ourselves to a small, tiny little we just, and even that, that's avoidance. We're avoiding, which makes the anxiety and the stress even bigger when we avoid doing those things or even exploring that they could be a possibility. So being intentional, being very intentional. I think we, we are intentional about a lot of things, but we avoid those that we, we need to be intentional about. That's so good. Just taking a step back. I think for a lot of a lot of people, a lot of listeners to this podcast are very high achievers, high performers, you know, very productivity driven, which, you know, that's, that's another conversation that I think we all have um, skewed definitions and relationships of a good productive life. Um, but I do think just taking that step back and saying, okay, my natural instinct is to just move forward. I got to do, I got to do something different. I got to, I got to fix it. I got to fix me. There's something wrong with me. I got to fix my problem. You know, and so we add, we don't even realize it, but that visual you just gave is very helpful. It's like, we just add another book. Let me go to one more thing, or let me join one more organization of, you know, a group of women or this thing at work or this thing at church or whatever it is. And we just think, okay, if I can just add, then that's going to help because I did something. And sometimes it's actually not doing, but just taking a step back and seeing what you're actually doing. seeing what you're actually doing to say, okay, yes, in this season, you know, these things all need to be here, but it's okay to whatever, take this out or take this off and then reassess because now you have, you said that a little bit more capacity to put something else in. But I think a lot of our instinct is actually what you're saying is do the opposite of what our instinct tells us to do, which is go do something else. Yes. Take a step back before you make the decision to go do and see what you're actually being and doing and having and wanting and desiring and how are those aligned with our values. Love that. That's, that's juicy. That's a good one. (laughs) That is, that is really, really good. Um, This has just been so helpful with so many practical things that I I know that the listeners and myself can just walk away with. Uh, I kind of want to wrap up with just a really good question. Just, you know, as an entrepreneur, as a mom, as a counselor, I, what is just any tip or advice you feel like has just really helped you or a lesson that you wish you'd known sooner? I think it is, I mean, I think it's being humble and being teachable Mm. while at the same time, that doesn't mean humble doesn't mean shrink back. Humble, humble means life can be very scary and we have to have courage and move forward and be brave and, and to be able, I think for me, that question, is this dangerous? Well, maybe I might get rejected, but will I die? No, I'm going to try. I'm going to ask questions. I am going to take that risk. I'm going to have the butterflies and the need to throw up, but I'm going to push, (laughs) you know, that will end because when I move through the fear, when I face it and I move through it, 
calm and rest comes. I think we we've, we're really afraid that it won't ever come and I'm going to be stuck and it's a catastrophic, oh, I'll never, I'll never not feel this way. So I think it really is to be humble and to be teachable and to, um, to not, to really notice is anxiety, is fear keeping me from this? Because if it is, it's, it's not the way fear or anxiety was meant to function for us. It's not the way it was designed. The antidote to that is calm. So I think moving forward is that's just so, so important. And I think the balancing of working um, and being a mom and making sure I do everything, I want to be everything to everyone. And constantly <laughs> that is an unrealistic expectation. So I think keeping expectations real and knowing um, I, I want to have more in life than just margin. I want to be able to to really um, be present and savor times with people that I love and things that I'm engaged in. So um, a verse that really sticks out to me that I, I really want to be the focus and what I feel like would be successful for me is Acts 20, 24. And it's the verse that says, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given to me. The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace, God's grace, not only to others, but to myself too. And uh, I think wow. that gives me a lot of rest. And if, if that's at the end of the day, what can be achieved, that's a good thing. So that's really good. So I always end the episode with just what does success look like to you? But I feel like you've kind of answered that. It's just, just like faithfully stepping forward. <laughs> stepping forward in grace on myself and grace on those around me and so good anything else you would add to that mm, I just yeah I don't it's just I think we're all in this together and what we've been talking about anxiety it make it it makes you feel like you're all alone to fight the the three-eyed giant alone and um and you know I think sometimes when we can face that three-eyed giant and go oh well, you're not even really a, you're not even really there what was I so afraid of sometimes just talking to a friend and letting them in like you did with your um friends back in the pandemic like oh my goodness we're all I'm not alone in this I oh, just being known is so so vital to that so um and that that offers grace to others and to ourselves and for sure um, I my husband and I listened in on a like a virtual marriage thing a while back. And that was one of the topics that came up and it was just I'm so taken aback by that, but they were just talking about like allowing your spouse wants, wants to help. <laughs> they want to be invited in. And I think sometimes whether it's on the male side or the female side, you know, I think there's just this side of it that we just feel like there's already so much going on or we're already too busy, but they, they want to walk with you through those things. And so it's just saying, I need I need a day away. I need a morning of help. I need, you know, to figure out how to put this in our budget so that I don't have to spend my time doing this and I can go spend my time doing something that is super aligned with my values and very life-giving. But I spend all this time, you know, twice as long doing this because I'm, it's not something I'm necessarily good at. Yes. I think it's just like they, they want to come alongside of you. And so I love just that encouragement to Invite people into your life, invite people into those feelings and allow them to walk alongside of you for so many, they want to walk alongside of you. And the other piece I loved that you, that you shared is just, I want to have more than margin. I want to have like margin and meaning, margin and meaning, just such a really good, very well. I've loved this conversation. I'm, I'm just, I'm so thrilled that you would just invite us into your, your daily world and your daily life and that you have just chosen a path to just share your passions and your gifts and just this invitation for
for, for people just to come as they are and just walk alongside of them in that journey and give them, equip them, equip them, you know, help them to know so much of what they already know, but reminding them like, right. You, you, you know, you just got to tap on that little thing back there, mm-hmm. walking them through and just allowing them that space, holding space for people. I think that is such a gift. And so thank you for just for the space that you hold for so many people and in our community and, and in your world. I think, you know, that is, is such an art and such a gift that gives back in so many ways that that you might see and then probably that you don't, right? That what it produces out there, just helping them to just feel free from that that fear and anxiety and the disengagement um, of a world that's just meant to be experienced. And so I'm I'm super grateful for this. I would love for you just to share where people can find you if they're here and and how they can connect with you if they're not necessarily in Fort Worth. I really enjoyed being able to to talk with you today. Um, so I have a practice in Fort Worth, Texas and in Willow Park, Texas. And we have a website called Rehope Counseling. It's all one word.com. You can find us there. We offer um, some community events. Uh, we just kind of offer some free topics and information and support for the community at Roy Pope Grocery Store every Tuesday morning. Not every Tuesday morning, every um, first Tuesday of the month. And um, we offer some group therapy as well for different transitions going on in people's lives. So thank you so much. I appreciate this. Well, I hope this was a really helpful and practical conversation for you to listen in on. I hope that you were encouraged by it today and hope that you will share it with a friend. If you have someone that comes to mind that you know is going through one of those spirals of anxiety or just struggling with anxious thoughts, I think this is a really encouraging um, resource to share with them. They can just lean into and listen in on and be encouraged by. So thanks for listening to today's episode. As I do in every episode, I want to leave you with today's truths and takeaways. Number one, be faithful to right here. Number two, I love the quote from Bessie Ann. She says, God wired us to respond and keep ourselves safe. So we're more prone to look at the dangers than the things that we can rest in and be calm about. So anxiety is just part of being alive. So yay, we're working correctly, you guys. Number three, answer the question, is this really dangerous? And as Bessie Ann says, have a talk with Cavewoman. Number four, write things down. What are you actually scared of, afraid of? anxious about. Number five, what is really on your plate? What has stayed out far too long or has passed that expiration date? Because we want to know if all those things that you say are truly important right now are the things on your plate. Number six, keep expectations realistic for yourself. Number seven, stay humble and teachable so you can take healthy risks. And lastly, find a way to fill life with more than just margin. Think back to that plate example. You don't want to have to pass up a good dessert. So leave room on your plate for the good things that are yet to come. So thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you haven't already, would love for you to subscribe to the podcast. Lots of great conversations to come. Share this episode with a friend. And if you have a quick second, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. You can scroll down at the bottom of the podcast where it has all of the episodes. You can click on the number of stars and then right below that has the write a review option. That means the world. That's what helps this episode continue to get shared with so many others. So thanks again. And until next time.